Dear Romance Besties, this season we will be exploring dark romance. That means I need to give y'all a little trigger warning. We are going to be reading books where consent is murky at best. There will be triggering topics of psychological and physical abuse, manipulation, kidnapping, slavery, rape, bullying, bodice ripping, and sexual assault on the page. If this is not your cup of tea, we get it. We have lots of great books for you in our previous seasons and more coming up next season. Without further ado, Shani, welcome to the dark side. Ooh, thank you, Bridget. I'm ready. Hope to see you out there. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the darkness of Romance at a Glance this season. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shani. Hello, Shani. Hello, Bridget. How you doing, girl? I am doing so, so, so good. I've had actually a great day, very productive, and I have read a lot of books this week, which feels very fun for me. And reading this book made me want to reread the whole series. We are reading Corrupt by Penelope Douglas today. Very nice. I am excited to talk to you about this book because I felt a little bit differently about this book. I'm you sure. Know? And you I did. was just like, I wonder what Bridget's gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't always have the same opinion, Johnny. I know, but I like to know what you're thinking and I like to know where we connect and where we disconnect uh-huh. and what makes you all tingly what makes me all tingly I just like to compare yeah. you know what I mean I come from a house full of sisters yeah. and it's just for me fun yeah oh for <laughs> sure for sure well I'm excited to get into it I know all of our dear listeners are always excited to get into it so let's get this shit popping let's get it popping mm. romance at a glance uh-huh. romance at a glance romance at a glance go ahead girl Okay, everyone, as I said, we are talking about Corrupt, book number one of the Devil's Night series by Penelope Douglas today. Before we get too deep into the plot, Shani, tell us a little bit about the narrator in the audio. The narrator was Tatiana Sokolov and Jeremy York. I like Jeremy York. I've heard a lot of Jeremy York, solid narrator. This is the first time I think I'm reading, I'm hearing Tatiana. She was a solid narrator. I didn't think one way or the other. She didn't take away from the story. I was in it. So she did a good job. Great. Okay. Well, there you have it, peeps. Obviously, this is dark romance. I would say that this is probably in like the bully romance, maybe like suspense romance, perhaps. Yes, this this was a suspense. It was definitely suspenseful. (laughs) I know. As I was reading it, I was like, I don't know about Shawnee's going to think a lot of these things shouldn't be happening in this book. I thought the cover art was good. If you look at the whole series of cover art, all the covers have like a very sort of abstract black and white theme and red is like the only colors in them. I thought the color was nice. I mean, I thought it was like, not basic in like a bad way, but fairly basic in the sense that it's just like an abstract cover. But the colors gave me the vibe of like, okay, this is going to be a little dark. Yeah. I mean, I agree aesthetically, right? Because, you know, I do a tad bit of designing. I thought that the font was like too thin and sl- <laughs> or whatever. And I felt like her name was too wide across the whole thing. But that's more of like a design situation. <laughs> I do feel like it felt like dark romance. I thought it was simple. I don't feel like it tells me anything about the story other than it's going to be like a dark romance. For sure. I agree. 100%. All right, Shani, would you like to head into a synopsis? Yeah, Bridget, I would like to head into a synopsis. Also, just as a FYI, she actually kind of fixed her design elements on the second book. So it seems like they got better. They did. I think Nightfall, which is book number five, I think. 
I think Nightfall was the best book cover of the series. That's the one with the crown on it, or what looks like a crown, or chandelier. Yeah. Is it a crown? No, it's a chandelier. Yeah, I think that one looks the coolest. Yeah, you're totally right. The first one looked like they were just trying to put something together, like, this is a sort of theme, and then they figured it out as they went, so I'm proud of you. I want to say that was in, like, I want to say this book was published in, like, 2013, so it also could just be, like... Was it? I think it's... I, or 2014? Oh, shit. Like, I want to say... You're probably right. That... It was a long time ago. And guys, I could have obviously, as you know, have researched all of this ahead of time. <laughs> and as you know, I like to just do shit on the fly with you. So that's exciting. Also, I... Shani, maybe this is a perfect time to tell the people that we are going to have a production intern. And so in future episodes, you guys are going to hear a little production intern saying, hey, and looking up this nonsense that I always forget to look up ahead of time. <laughs> and she's just going to chime in and let us know on the fly. It's going to be so, so great for you. So, so great for us. So keep your ears peeled for our friend. OK, it was published in 2015. And we really like her. We liked her interview a lot because she was super into romance. Loved her. And she knew a lot. And we had the greatest interview with her. So yes. I'm very excited to have her. Jane is her Hi, name. Jane, and, uh, if you're listening. And welcome to the team. So We're so excited to have you. <laughs> Okay, so it was published in 2015, so not 2013, like I thought, 2015. Okay, and the audio came out in 2016, but that's still four years oh, and five years ago. Yeah, yeah, so it's been it's been a while. It's been a while. This series has been going on for a while. I was lucky enough that I started reading this series because obviously we picked it for this season, so I started reading it, and she had just released the final book, so I got to read all of them on Kindle Unlimited in a row <laughs> over the course of a weekend, ignored my children and husband, and it was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I support this decision. <laughs> I was like, I it was over like Christmas break too, and I was like, y'all have been home too much. I need to be on the couch, <laughs> drink my tea, and read this book, and not talk to anybody. It was great. That's awesome. All right, here I go, Shani. I'm about to tell you. You know, sometimes synopsis me, bridge. I'm a synopsis. Synopsis. You know, sometimes I like to write my own synopsis, but I actually kind of like this one, so I didn't. My boyfriend's older brother is like the scary movie that you peek through your hand to watch. He's handsome, strong, and completely terrifying. The star of his college's basketball team and now gone pro. He's more concerned with the dirt on his shoe than me. But I noticed him. I saw him. I heard him. The things that he did and the deeds that he hid. For years, I bit my nails, unable to look away. Also, that's totally me, like biting my nails, but have to look. That's, I was like, oh, that, that hits me right in the heart. Okay, now I've graduated high school and moved on to college, but I haven't stopped watching Michael. He's bad and the dirt I've seen isn't content to stay in my head anymore because he's finally noticed me. Her name is Erica Fain, but everybody calls her Rika. My brother's girlfriend grew up hanging around my house and is always at our dinner table because her mom is an alcoholic and her dad is dead. She looks down when I enter a room and stills when I get close. I can always feel the fear rolling off her. And while I haven't had her body, I know I've had her mind. And that's all I really want anyway. Until my brother leaves for the military and I find Rika all alone at college in my city unprotected. The opportunity is too good to be true as well as the timing. Because you see, three years ago, she put a few of my friends from high school in prison and now they're out. We've waited. We've been patient. And now every last one of her nightmares will come true. And I was like, dun, that dun, is dun. the description to end all descriptions. I was like, oh, no, girl, you better <laughs> run. Don't be putting people in prison and then not entering witness protection. <laughs> <laughs> Shawnee, I would like to know what you thought this book was going to be like, because this was our most requested book of season six. 
by far. I mean, I thought what the book was kind of was what it was going to be about, except I didn't realize that it was going to have as much intrigue <laughs> as it did. I thought it was going to be like another did one of those Did you guys hear how romances. she said intrigue? She, did, she does not <laughs> like intrigue. In case you are just joining us, welcome. Hello. Shawnee is not here for suspense. She does not like books that are too in the intrigue. She gets scared of the I suspense like and makes anxious. <laughs> and so... I just love the way you said intrigue. That's hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the element I was not exactly prepared for. There were some things in the book where I was like, I that I wanted to happen that never happened. And sometimes I felt like it was going one way and it went a totally different way. And I don't know if that was for the betterment of the book per se. But overall, especially compared to the books we've been reading, I like this book higher (laughs) more than them more (laughs) i like this book more than the books that we have read to this point what did you think about the fact that this book takes place in the present when she is 21 let's say and i don't know if they ever say her name well she must be she must be like 20 rika yeah rika must be like 20 and he's let's say 23 or 24 and a professional basketball player she's in college She's transferred. She now lives in the city. So they're like, that's present day. His friends have gotten out of jail. And then it flashes back to three years before, or maybe three or four years before, depending on how long it took them to go to prison, I suppose. And they, like the one night that they sort of let her in and thought that she was one of them. Devil's night. Yes, on devil's night. Okay, so generally I don't like the back and forth flash forwarding, Mm -hmm. but I didn't mind it so much in this book because the book was able to move forward while they gave some kind of context. And they were able to, normally I don't like 16 and 17 year olds getting frisky and stuff, but because they were flashing back to like memories, it didn't feel so icky. Yeah. Yeah. When they, when they did go back to some of those like moments or whatever. So I didn't mind it. I did think though that the book took way too long to get going, to like rev up. I was like, I think I was on chapter eight and I was like, how much more we got? <laughs> and there was still more. like <laughs> More setup, you mean, of them like... More setup. More set, th- yeah. more of them setting up like behind the scenes that they're going to torture her and she doesn't know it yet, you mean? Yeah. 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 They were still very fully into like the setup of it by chapter eight. And I was just like, yo, I'm going to need something to happen. Yeah. I think soon. if they hadn't flashed back at all during those initial chapters, I would have been like, What's happening? But because the flashbacks were driving a lot of the story at that point, I actually didn't mind it because I was like interested in what was going to happen, if that makes sense. Yeah. But we didn't find out that about like the phone and their, the videos of them until too far into the book. They kept referring to it. And I really hate when books like refer to a bad deed that's been done. And then don't tell you or explain what that bad deed is until damn near. Oh, see, I like it because then I'm trying to figure it out the whole book. So I'm trying to like from the clues figure out what it is. Oh, God, that annoyed the (laughs) shit out of me. I was like, oh, what miscommunication is coming up now? Like, so I will say that the one thing about this book and in general, all books of this sort of category where someone blames someone for something without all of the facts and like circumstantially blames them kind of bugs me because I'm like, he could have just asked her and she would have been like, yo, I didn't do it. (laughs) But (laughs) although I don't know if he would have believed her at that point because he thought 
Okay, so let me skip forward and tell you what happened. This is the reveal at the end, everyone. Obviously, you know, spoilers (laughs) abound. So basically what happens is they go together on this Devil's Night. And Devil's Night is where the four boys who sort of rule the school and the community and they all have powerful parents and, you know, super rich kid, like, can do untouchable things. And they, like, are unhinged. Like, they don't give a flying fuck about consequences or anything. They think, like, the night is theirs and they should take whatever they want and, like, buck the rules. So anyways, one night they come back and they're already in college and she's go about to be 17 like the next week. And she decides like they can't take her from school like they take all the other kids on the basketball team because she's too young. But she leaves school and jumps into one of the cars because she wants to like be a part of it. And they take her with them and Michael accepts her as like one of them, basically. And he's like and so every night at Devil's Night, they each get to pick one like big ass prank and or deed and they film it and they all have to go together so they all have to do it all together and she gets to be a part of this group for the night and then the next morning they all wake up to like the fact that two of the videos of this devil's night got leaked and so three of the four of them are going to jail michael's not in any of the videos but the other three boys are and she is wearing the sweatshirt that had the phone, which recorded all the stuff. And so they blame her, but never ask her or tell her or they just blame her and think that because he was mean to her that she like turned them in and sent them to prison. And so now they've been waiting three years to exact their revenge when they get out of prison. And their whole plan is to basically separate her from everyone that she loves, from her mom, from like they burn her house down. They said they actually sent her mom to rehab, which is like low key scary because she, she didn't know where she was, but also like nice because her mom's an alcoholic and needed to go to rehab. And then they separate her from like his family because his family like they steal her phone and reprogram all the phone numbers to be a burner phone. So she can't contact anyone. He becomes the executive of her parents estate because his dad was and they steal all her money. And so basically they're like, you depend on us, like basically like you have to become our fuck toy to like and we'll give you like money if you please us basically and basically they're trying to ruin her life because she ruined theirs and then of course it all comes out that she's like what are you people talking about i didn't do any of that <laughs> and he so easily could have asked her this very long complicated plot story i'm telling you is just to tell you that had he just asked her if it was her originally yeah they could have solved it but i do think in general in real life People don't ask. People just assume and they would see that sweatshirt and be like, it's them. And then you come up with because I know I've done it not about someone like sending my friends to jail, but I know I know I've done it about big things and small things where I'm like, I see one thing and I'm like, oh, well, then this whole other complex thing must be true. So (laughs) as much as I want to say, like, that's so dumb. It's also not. It's just human nature. I agree. Right. Because I was also like, really, one conversation could have cleared this up. I don't think Rika doesn't like she didn't strike me as that good of a liar. Like if she had tried to lie to him, he would have known immediately like she was lying. And also not like evil. Like she's not mean spirited in the book. Like No. Which is funny because they are. They're so pissed at her and getting revenge. When they like literally burn down this girl's senior project, Mm -hmm. gives her gazebo, they block the road with big rigs, they beat up a cop, they did a whole bunch of stuff, and then they're they're like what? Why are we going to jail? <laughs> you know, but anyway, it's just, I think that's a really comical part of the of the story for me. 
But I will say that the miscommunication element of it, I was annoyed, but not entirely annoyed Mm -hmm. because I was like, I have experienced in my life where people could have just come to me and asked me one question and not come up with things and made up a whole story in their own mind about what's happening. And I was like, oh, no, I just meant this. And then they're like... They have all this angst over something, and then it's, like, deflated. Right. (laughs) There was a point in the story where somebody mentions, like, you know, what she did. And she doesn't, at that moment, come right out and say, like, wait, what are you talking about? She internally is like, what's going on? But, like, I felt like in the moment she would have been like, what are you talking about? But I was happy that when they got her, after they took her money, he froze her assets or got rid of, you know, her credit cards or whatever it was. And they're all in the house and they're like, look, this is what you're going to do. And it kind of comes to light. I like that that scene ended there with clarity because I really thought that Penelope Douglas was going to do that thing where they were like, you're lying. I'm not lying. And then nobody be- we don't believe you. And it was going to carry on for longer. Yeah. And the fact that she didn't, I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like, thank you for that. Yeah. Because like, to me, it makes me feel like an idiot. Like the author thinks I'm an idiot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that scene. So that came to a head. So that's after they've done terrible things to her they've invited her to this house they've been literally are standing around her like little jackals in their mask tormenting her pushing her around groping her like basically telling her we're gonna like rape you and do all this stuff and you can't stop us and she pulls a knife because she hides one in her sleeve and <laughs> knifes one of them and i was like get him rika get him <laughs> and then she comes back and she's like i'm not gonna run from them like i'm gonna basically like, figure this out and And she comes back and they do believe her right away because it turns out that Damon and Will was like passed out in the backseat and she thought it was Kai in his mask, but it was really Trevor, who is Michael's little brother. And Trevor is a real piece of shit in general at the beginning of the book because he's like trying to pressure into dating him again. And then also, well, that, ugh, yeah, so creepy. The whole scenario is so weird. Like so the dad weird. and the brother. So And weird. they're like, no, Rika's meant for our family. And yeah. Like from when, like birth. Yeah, so creepy. I wrote in my notes, their dad is a dick and also a weird. So he <laughs> says to Michael at one point, like, yeah, she's meant for your brother and he's going to get a baby, marry her and get a baby inside of her and then we'll get her fortune. And I was like, oh, rich people. I don't think they're all this evil, but rich people. It was interesting because he said when he was a baby, like the first time he even held her, he was like, she's so perfect and tiny. And then they took her away and laid her next to the brother. And he's like, even then I knew she wouldn't be for me and they would never let me have her. And so he like tried to pretend like, fine, I don't even care. (laughs) And then of course she like grew up and he was like, okay, fine. I have cared this whole time. (laughs) One thing I will say about this book is that this is much longer than the books we have read so far by like a hundred pages. And it definitely felt more like filled out. I mean, whether you like the suspense or not is one thing, but I definitely felt like it was more filled out and more sort of robust as a story, yes, crazy shit happened, of course. But for me, it was definitely much more like impactful, like much more like, oh, I want to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. And like, I wanted to see what would when I originally read it, I want to see what would happen to like the other people and like how they were going to, you know, because, you know, like Damon's going to have to be redeemed. Like, how can you come back from this? Like he tried to <laughs> murder his best friend and drown him in the ocean at the end of the book. And how does one come back from that? So it definitely felt like more filled out. But as I'm looking at my notes, I'm like, I have so many notes because so much happened. Yeah. 
So the second half of the book, I didn't really see coming. It got intense. Like (laughs) at the halfway mark, a whole lot of shit started happening very quickly. And like, I didn't see the three way between. You didn't see that coming? No, no. So yes and no, right? I actually was hoping for a five way. Oh, with Alec? Oh, with the four guys and her? Yeah. So when the book kind of first started, I thought there was going to be a five way at a certain point. Yeah. And I was down for it. Yeah. I was totally in. I was like, (laughs) yes. What's going where? Yeah. talk about yeah. it but after they burned her house down yeah. and everything yeah. all of that happened and then the three-way happened i was like what like because no time had passed between these moments like it was it was very shortly yeah. after they had fucked up her whole life yeah burned down her house and ruined her dad the, yeah. the match collection mm-hmm. that her dad had left for her mm-hmm. that she has a three-way <laughs> But she has sex with Michael, like, that night. So I could see Michael because she has a soft spot for Michael specifically. Sure. Right? So I can, like, rationalize that. However, Kai, it was so weird because, like, she's super livid with them. And then he's telling her how he kind of got ruined in prison. He hasn't been with a woman. And she's like, you know what? I'll be that person for you to help get you back into the... And I was like, no. Okay. Shawnee, don't confuse the people. Don't confuse the people. (laughs) You're skipping over the whole part where he comes into the room and he apologizes after. He's the only one who apologizes. That's my quote. I have that. that, His apology is my quote. Oh, tell me. And she, (laughs) but like, it's not enough, Bridget. That's like literally, Bridget, if I, listen, okay. (laughs) That's like, if I came to your house, right? I came to your house. Shawnee, I would forgive you you if you burned down my house. (laughs) I would forgive you. No, (laughs) no. First off, you would not fucking forgive me. What if I came to your house, right? When you were sleeping and snatched Molly, right? And held her at my house for like three days. Okay. And then on day four, I came to your house and was like, just kidding. I took your Molly. Here, she's back. You know what? I'm really sorry. This was not a good prank to play. And you'd be like, oh, okay. First of all, they did not take an innocent baby. They took an alcoholic mother. Okay. Secondly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's true, though. Babies are defenseless. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> Shawnee. What I I'm saying, like, I'm not arguing. Mom, I wouldn't be so <laughs> I'm not, angry. I'm not arguing that it would be impossible to forgive him or hard. What I'm saying is that it, they're two separate <laughs> events. So he talks to her the day that it comes out that she's not the one. He comes to her and he apologizes. And he says, like, like you were saying, I lost myself in prison. I don't even know who I am anymore. I haven't touched a woman. Like, I don't know what to do. And like, I'm not okay. And then she says, I forgive you. And then a second time later, yeah. then that's when they have sex. So it's not like she has sex with him that day. Because when you were telling the story, it made it seem like they had sex immediately. But it's within days of each other. It's not even, it's not within weeks or yeah. months or whatever. It's within days of each other. And like, I'm still holding a grudge from a three grudge. years yeah. ago. <laughs> So the reason why it didn't bug me is, one, I was totally fine with it. I love a nice menage scene. Also, (laughs) I love a scene where someone is, like, giving of intimacy to help the other person. So she's not having sex with him because she's, like, seen him across the room and she's like, oh, my God, he's so fine. I want to get on that. She's doing it in the only way she knows how to help him because she knows he's lost and she's trying to, like, show him, like, that he has value and he's, like, they love him And I agree, I wouldn't necessarily love him if he burned my house down. 
However, <laughs> even though she's loved Michael her whole life, she also knows them and has known them. So it's not like she didn't also feel like they were her friends and like she was a part of their group, if that makes sense. Because like right yeah. after Will's like, yeah, but you're one of us. And she's like, you just tried to burn my house down. And he's like, well, but that was before we knew. And so like for him, it's so clear, like, well, the reason it hurts so bad that you are the one who betrayed us is because we thought you belonged and you were one of us. And we thought you were the one who broke our heart and you were the one who did it. It wasn't that we got sent to jail. It was that you did it. And we said that you were one of us. And now that we know it wasn't you, like we feel like we feel like, <laughs> yeah, like my bad. We feel like shit. We'll replace all your stuff. We sent your mom to rehab. We're giving you know, he gives her back control of her family's fortune at the end, Michael. And they're like oh, but now you're one of us again. And so we're going to protect you and take care of you. And I think she feels, or at least I felt the way I was reading it, is that she has always felt like she was one of them or should be one of them. So for her, it's like, I almost feel like she like understands the fact that they were so hurt because they thought it was her, even though she thinks they're idiots. But she like loves them more than she wants to be mad at them, I guess. Because even with Damon at the end, Damon and Trevor kidnap her and take her out on a boat and she's tied up to the bed. And even then, when Damon is, like, telling her all these horrible things, she's like, I don't think you're going to do that. You stopped Trevor that day. Like, you didn't let him rape me. Like, I don't think that you're all bad. Like, she's more scared of Trevor than of Damon, even though Damon, throughout the whole book, is, like, super unhinged. Super unhinged. (laughs) But she even then is like, I don't actually think you're going to do this. Like you can be good you know what i mean so at least for me that was like she's their little monster like she's always felt like that that's i felt like she's like their little pet while i felt that the three-way was very unrealistic yes and i was like what i'm not gonna say i wasn't on board it was hot hot. (laughs) i wasn't gonna say that i wasn't there for it i think it could have been hotter if i had felt more of a connection to kai and his apology and and something more because there was i did spend the first bit of it going what uh wait what now we're gonna do a three-way with the like i could understand michael he's the hero of the story like and she's always talking about how she loves his darkness and but it took me a minute to understand kai at like and then i just honestly when the three-way happened i said to myself shani just let it happen. <laughs> you know what? Just enjoy this. Just let it happen. But she did anal for the first time that night. And I always feel like the first time anal never really, I feel like they never really properly tell you kind of what it should look like in your first anal situation. Mm-hmm. And I have always feel like anal, you should know is coming, right? It's, <laughs> it's like, like a just a, hey, <laughs> like a heads yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I think, I definitely think if I was reading this book, I would think that it requires less preparation than it does. And yeah. that it is like totally a thousand percent like rock star hotness. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, I just went with it. I yes. was just like, Johnny, just go with I it. I just went with because it. Because the last trust the him last so much, she was books. relaxed. They were in a steam room, Shawnee. <laughs> They were relaxed. Yes. I tried to. <laughs> maybe the steam really opened up her booty hole. Just you know, opened it up. <laughs> so opened it up. In the last books that we read, I had so many like what moments, like what the fuck, what is happening yeah. here? That in this book, I kind of went in with the mindset of like Shani, just go in thinking like you enjoy bully romance. Just like I just try to be put my brain space in like yeah. somebody else's headspace who really likes bully romance, sure. and then 
like think, okay, then maybe this is the catnip of what mm-hmm. these bully romances are. I did think this book was more well written, yeah, for sure, and definitely robust. I felt like the characters were a little bit more filled out, and I think that the author did a really good job of making me like and also hate Michael mm-hmm. because I definitely really hated him, mm-hmm. but I definitely liked when they were fucking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and usually when I hate a character, I can't really like when they're fucking and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I liked both those moments. I thought he was an epic douche at moments, and I also was like, yes, please eat that pussy real good right now. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Form. That is a art form as an author. I agree. I think the reason I liked him is that he saw her. So as much as he pushed her and was mean to her and like forced her to like do things that like a good guy wouldn't do. He saw that she was like itching to do more, be more like feel more like be freer. And he was willing to like, I think one of the lines I wrote down was like, She's like, I can't believe you let me do that. And he's like, who am I to stop you from doing anything? And I liked that about him, that he was like, oh, you have a fear kink? Like, I'm going to go get my mask and then I'm going to make you scared and I'm going <laughs> to fuck your life away. Like, I liked the fact that he knew her. And also, I always enjoy when a character is like, he's supposed to hate her because he thinks that she put his friends away and like caused all this pain. But he, like, can't stop himself. Like, he wants her too much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I always think that that's a nice thing for me to be reading. I enjoy that where he's like, I shouldn't, but I'm also going to, like, attack you now in a good way. <laughs> and so I enjoyed that. Plus, I thought he had some nice dirty talk moments, which I always enjoyed the dirty talk. He did. I enjoyed the dirty talk. I was like, that's why I was like, ooh, I was conflicted, you know, yeah. in my own body. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was man. conflicted he's... in my body. <laughs> yeah, like, he's a terrible person. And I'm like, this is like, yeah. but also, okay, sometimes terrible people are very good lovers, you know, like. <laughs> It's interesting, though, because, you know, it has like a happily ever after where like he asked her to like move in. And so I'm assuming like marriage and babies to come. And I'm like, he's not marriage material, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) He is for her. I'm like, keep fucking him. See, this is, you know, it's like when that that phrase like hoe into a housewife. I don't know what the guy equivalent of that is. Yeah. But like he's the hoe. Okay, don't make him a house husband. Like, keep him in the lane that he's really good at, right? Let him talk dirty to you, go over to his apartment, get your fix. But the person that you got to see day to day to day to day needs to be that real, you know, that person who cares so much He does more. care for her, Shawnee, in his own way. <laughs> and it, I know, in his own way, it's not going to be enough, man. That's going to lead to a divorce year three. I also <laughs> will be interesting to see what your ratings are for Rika. But I also think that the author, at least for me, did a good job of, yes... In real life, would I recommend he be the lover or husband of any of my friends? Of course not. However, in this book, I think for her, for a character who wants to like stand on her own two feet and be powerful, I think having that person who always is pushing her and challenging her and forcing her to own who she is and to fight back and to not accept whatever she like you know the meek good girl thing that they were trying to push her into i think he is the right person for that i will say since i have read the other books that there's a lot of stuff that happens in this series (laughs) this is a very i mean there's 
a lot. There's a bunch of books and there's a lot of characters and there's a lot of stuff. But I will say that the dads are not good people (laughs) and they are forced to be strong and to like fight back and to protect themselves like from the dads, Michael's dad and Damon's dad specifically. And like so much happens in the rest of the series, you guys, like I don't even know. That would be like a whole separate podcast of me. Maybe I'll do it on Patreon. I'll just like tell you guys all about it. But yeah, a lot happens. And he is a good partner for her. Because <laughs> you need someone a little fucked up and strong and willing to let you be like a bad bitch. You know what I mean? Like he's not trying to like hide her away. He's like, no, you own your fortune now. You bad bitch. Well, I mean, I think that's part of what I did like about Michael. Even though like there was moments where I was like, the moment where he kind of lets his f- friends grope her and things like mm-hmm. that, I was like, come on, dude, like, this is your moment, you know? Mm-hmm. But there were moments where I felt like he handed her the match and was like, yo, go set your fire, yeah. you know? But the one moment that redeemed him for me, yeah. honestly, was like when Trevor was bleeding at the end, yeah. right? And he was like, yo, bro, we got to get back to land. Like, I'm shot. Yeah. I need help. And Michael... <laughs> kicked them into the pool yeah and was like nope this is where your journey stops yep you know <laughs> or whatever and then he was like you would never feel safe if he still if he existed yeah you know what i mean so he just couldn't exist yeah and i was like snaps Snap. you know, you know i was like you get points that's where you get the points i like that kind of ruthless yes i do too i was again in books only not in real life but i was also really excited that trevor dies is who shawnee's talking about trevor at the end dies I was also excited that he died because I feel like a different author would have kept him alive for fucking ever and just kept regurgitating that storyline over and over and over. And Damon is already like on the loose still. And well, you know, sort of like the menace of the next book is like, oh, well, we still don't know what's what Damon's going to do sort of thing. And I think that's enough. We don't need two menaces like hanging over us. Like one is plenty. And also Damon's story is more interesting because Trevor always hated them, always hated Michael, was a piece of shit to her and always kind of a creep. And so he's not very interesting going forward versus Damon, who loves them and like would walk through fire for them and did terrible pranks and stuff with them without hesitation, but then ends up being the one who betrays them. And so like that's a much more interesting character to work with over the next book versus the brother who always hated them, sort of. I totally agree. One thing, though, I had to, like, stop reading for a minute and try to and switch the image of all the boys in my mind uh-huh. because initially they were some of the, like, dumbest fuckboys of all time, right? And I imagined them, like, Logan and Jake Paul. Oh, and, like, I did not. Just complete, like, rich-ass, like, fuckboy type you know, who think they're, you know, like, everyday bros. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? okay. And that's how I initially saw it. And at a certain point, I go, I can't read the book with them in my head this way. Otherwise, it, yeah. it's going to skew everything. So I, I tried to stop and, like, recreate them going forward. And what did you choose as your image? So I, I used a mix of between, you know, my favorite Jason Momoa. Okay. And your guy from the MC Motorcycle Gang. Yes, Charlie. Ch- <laughs> Charlie Hunnam. Yes, Shawnee. I've converted you. Oh, so hot. You guys, Shawnee did not, who Charlie, did not know who Charlie Hunnam was. Has never seen Sons of Anarchy. And after we were reading 
It Ain't Me Babe by Tilly Cole, I was like, Shani, are you kidding? So then we had to watch some YouTube videos and she's like, we have to stop watching these YouTube videos. And I was like, one more, just one more. We have to watch him, his back flexing as he's fucking on that show. Okay, just to be fair. So I love watching raunchy, crazy, weird things with you. But Leo was there, and I, I am less comfortable <laughs> with the three of us. There. I was like, uh, "What's that?" Like? I don't know exactly why I feel uncomfortable, but I just, I just, we got to stop watching these videos. That's hilarious. Leo's like, Leo knows of my obsession with Charlie Hunnam because I talk to him about it all the time. Every time a Charlie Hunnam movie comes out, he's like, oh. I mean, we watch all the movies that come out anyways, but he's like, ooh, another Charlie Hunnam, and I'm like, ooh. Who, who is Charlie? <laughs> yeah, it's my boy Charlie. I love Charlie Hunnam. I think he's sex. Oh, man. If you guys like Charlie Hunnam and you have not watched Green Street Hooligans, Green Street Hooligans, highly recommend. It's a great movie. It's about English footballers and it will bring you to tears, but also like make your adrenaline pump. I used Chris Hemsworth as Michael. Okay. So that, well, that always works. I was, that always works. Yeah. You know what movie I had in mind it was a is solid, The Covenant. Solid Did you ever watch The Covenant? No, I don't think so. So first of all, it's great. You should watch it. Secondly, it's about these four guys who are friends, which reminded me of this, and they are descendants of witches. And so they have power. They get powers when they come of age. They like ascend. But when they're teenagers, they have powers. And the more they use them, the more bad stuff happens, blah, blah, blah. But in general, they're like, they reminded me of this. Like, they're like untouchable. Like, they have this like coolness about them because they don't give a fuck because they have magic. Yeah. And Taylor Kish is one of them from Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Friday Night Lights, Johnny? I know what you're talking about. You know who I Taylor watch, like, Kish is? One or two episodes. Yeah. It's not my bad. Okay. Well, the Covenant Boys, I will have to watch that with you because that is what I imagined. Like the swagger, the like zero fucksness, like the sex appeal, the general like everyone watching them and whispering about them and them just like not caring versus being more like attention seeking fuckboys. Because the reason that I never saw them as it, especially as I was reading, because I'm obviously creating them in my mind versus hearing someone read it to me, is because I feel like a Logan Paul or whatever, they want everyone to look at them. They want everyone to like come be their friend and talk to them. And And these guys, like, they don't want to be friends with other people. Like, they only, they're only (laughs) friends with each other. They have teammates, but they're only each other's friends. Like, They're not really friends with other people. Like, other people are around them, and they're like, yeah, cool, you can stay, but I don't care, because, like, they just want (laughs) to do their things. Yeah. Well, I tried to, like, I had this, like, hodgepodge of, like, different... I tried to think of each guy individually, and I tried to think, like, give them, like, a certain kind of look. Mm -hmm. So one was, like, I don't know if you know Henry Golding, and then David Gandry, but I was like, okay, this one is Kai, okay, this one is Will... Okay, a cross is between Jason Momoa, but it was definitely like a once I rebranded them. Yeah, rebranding is everything. It's everything. That's, that's why companies do it's that everything. Shit because <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking everything. Once you do that, it just I was like, okay, it felt a little bit better in my mind than thinking them as like Team Ten. Yeah, like these these influencer pods. Oh yeah, no TikTok pods. That's kind of how they felt initially going in. Mm-hmm. And you know what's so strange to me? Like, I watch TikTok a lot, and I like the fact that the things that were considered really gendered are, like, all those things are blurring together, right? So more people are comfortable presenting in different ways. 
But I can't quite figure out why, like, every one of those, like, Team 10-esque, like, copy pods, like, all of them all look the same. They wear, like, this, all, it's, like, all these groups of guys, they all wear, like, the same jewelry and the same outfits and the same, like, everything. And I wonder if there's, like, a stylist, right, who's, like, you need, like, a, a bedangled, like, earring, <laughs> like, a hood that doesn't quite fit on your head, like a... Oh, yeah, the hoods never fit. <laughs> that's a real problem though like why don't people make deeper hoods that really always upsets me anytime i find a deep hooded sweatshirt i immediately buy it because i'm like this is what i need in my life it's amazing. i don't need these shallow ass hoods <laughs> and like these very specific little glasses and so i'm always like who's like the stylist behind this i know there's got to be someone in the group who's like making this all happen but anyways, so I rebranded them and it was much better after oh, I rebranded them. But then Damon just kept, I'm not going to lie, he kept reverting back to like the Logan Pauls of the world. And I kept being like, no, got to give him something better. But then when they were on the boat and everything, I was just like, uh, I'm trying really hard to make you hot. And I just, I, just, I, I just thought of him as like menacing. Yeah. Well, I thought of him more than menacing because like for me, Michael was menacing. Yeah. But Damon or like was like scary. a psychopath. Yeah, he was like a scary. <laughs> like he might actually kill people. Yes. Like you felt like Michael had a limit of which he would pull back. Right. And Damon, you felt like would cross every line. They did mention, especially in the flashbacks, that like Michael or Kai would like keep Damon in check. Yeah. So, like, him, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought pure psychopath, sociopath, mm -hmm. like, for Damon. Yeah. The fact that you're telling me he has a book, I'm like, he has a book? Mm -hmm. Ah, shit, let's see how the hell he comes back from some mm -hmm. of this shit. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> well, because you always know in a series of books where there's four friends, like, everyone needs yeah. to have a book. Yeah. Usually, although I guess it's possible that he wouldn't, but... Kai is the next book, and then after that it's Damon and then Will... I think it's last. Yeah, I, I felt like the the most uninteresting person was Will of the friends. He just seemed like the bro who was down for whatever. Like, what are we doing today, guys? Yeah. Okay, that. Yeah. All right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't much to him. So I'm assuming in the next books, you'll get more mm -hmm. of maybe Will and his personality and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the fact that, the, that it was like the four horsemen, because like I told you, I've been hearing the four horsemen everywhere. Mm. But the fact that this book came out like five years ago, I'm like, she might have been one of the first people doing this horseman mm -hmm. situation in this trend and not actually one of the like later people. So I don't know where she fell in that. So I'm like, okay, I'll forgive that. But okay, I just want to go back. Well, maybe we can do this in our ratings. I want to talk about Rika and Michael specifically. Mm -hmm. But let's maybe let's rate them okay. and then talk about some of their moments. Okay. Because I feel like we didn't really delve into some of these. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's take a quick break right. and we'll come back with our rating. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group, where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. All right, Shani. Well, let's start with Rika. Tell me about those pooches. Okay, so Rika... I gave four stars. Yay. She kept losing and gaining, losing and gaining, losing and gaining, <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> right now. <laughs> but the reason I gave her four stars instead of three uh -huh. is because she actually stabbed Damon. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Which I was happy that she actually, like, fucking stabbed him. And she saved herself yes. at the end of the yeah, book. Yeah, she did. Because Michael's, like, desperately trying to find her. She's sinking in the ocean, tied down like a mafia style to some bricks. 
And she cuts herself loose yeah. and swims back up. And I like that about her. Agree. And in general, as many times as I was like, bitch, is you stupid? Like, I was also like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. okay. So I felt like the author did a good job of making her fight. Mm-hmm. In a lot of the books we've read before, there was not much bite to the yeah. heroines. And, and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let the book be fucked up, but let her fight it. And then also go with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it happens, mm-hmm. you know, like. And so I liked in this one that when they would do some dumb shit, she's like, that's some dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, you know. But I also feel like she did a lot of dumb shit as well. There was moments where I wish she was a little bit more plucky and had a little bit more backbone, which is like when she finds out that she's in the penthouse apartment. Like, so first of all, I just want to know, she was supposed to be going to college during this time. And I don't remember reading anything of her going to college. Yeah. <laughs> just FYI. FYI, I don't, I possibly she did. I'm wondering when she went to class. There was a lot of scenes of her talking about how she only was going to class, like back at the apartment. She went, Damon and Will found her in her class. She was studying with Alex. Oh, okay. And, okay, okay. Because I was like, <laughs> I must have missed it. I was like, <laughs> what did you study in, girl? But anyways, so <laughs> when she found out that she had the penthouse and it was fully furnished mm-hmm. and that Michael lived there, like, I wanted her to, like, pick up and leave, right? Because she spent all this time talking about how mm. she wanted to be on her own. She didn't want to be under their thumb anymore. She wanted to be independent and whatnot. And then she finds out that the very thing that she's trying to get away from, which is, like, all the parents controlling what she does, happens. Mm-hmm. And I felt like she had every right to be like, hey, you know what? I don't want this apartment, so I'm not, I don't want this lease. I'm going to move somewhere else where I want to paint my walls. I want to decorate. I want to put the furniture in. Like... I felt like that would have been a solid step for her. I think she said in the book, class starts in two days and I like it's a new school and I want to I'm just like, don't want to look for an apartment. I don't have time for that. Like, I want to like get go to class. Yeah, she did. But I just I don't know. I felt like that would have been plucky as shit to be like, mm, nah. or even if she had done it like midway through. Right. Where like things were getting kind of weird with the guy. Wait, She didn't know Michael lived there at that point. She didn't find out Michael lived there until after she was living there because she only met him after she was staying there that night and then got scared and ran down and saw him. So she had already moved in. She was already there like a night or two when she found out that Michael lived there. Yeah. So you're saying after she found out he lived there, she should have left. But well, yeah, I feel like after she found out that he lived there. No, after she realized that the mom's planned where she was going to live, essentially. (laughs) They furnished her apartment and basically took all the things that she had been looking forward to in her college experience away. Right. She's got plenty of money, so she's not hurting for any money. Right. She could have found an, picked an apartment, found an apartment very easily. But after even Michael was there, I even felt like either at that moment or even like a little ways into the book where she was like, this is too close for me. I'm going to move out of here or whatever. I felt like that would have been a good power moment for her, mm-hmm. like empowering But I get it. Like, I accept it as part of the story that she didn't. But I also would have really liked it if she did. I totally agree. I also am now thinking that I remembered a line where she said something like, I can't afford this place. I was supposed to have a much. So I wonder because she doesn't have her full inheritance. She doesn't have access to her all her money yet. Yeah. Because she has to wait. It's either she's like 25 or graduates from college. So I also feel like she was on a budget. You're right. She did say that. She did say something about that. But I don't disagree. She probably could have found a roommate and like gotten the fuck out of there. But also at that point, like shit was like spiraling. And I feel like she's just like, (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I can't find my mom. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) We didn't even talk about Alex yet. Alex, her friend, who's the call girl. Oh, yeah, we didn't. 
Sometimes we talk about these books and we forget these little characters that, that I'm like, oh, so yeah, Alex was... Alex was cool. I liked Alex. So Alex, she met when Michael had taken her out and she's a call girl. And I would say to his credit, in terms of like being a book boyfriend, Michael does not have sex with her because he's like only wants to watch Rika through the window. Yeah. <laughs> like a creep. <laughs> Anyways, she ends up befriending Rika and goes to college with her and stuff like that. I will say, Shawnee, her character is in much more of the future books. I will also say, as a little teaser for you and for our dear listeners, just because these people are in consensual relationships does not mean that they do not play with others at different times <laughs> throughout the books. So there are some very hot exchanges throughout the books with all of these characters. Oh, okay. Well, I will say Penelope Douglas does know how to write a sex scene. I also think she does know how to write the tension between characters. Yes. And like her when she's saying to Michael when they're having the threesome or like Kai says, like, does it hurt? And he's like, yes. And he's like, it hurts like hell to watch. But it's also like, that's my kink. Like the pain of it is my kink. And I'm like, ooh. (laughs) 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 I do think that one of the problems I have with this book is that because I'm reading it for the podcast, I didn't DNF it, right? Mm -hmm. But if I had not been reading it for the podcast, at around chapter eight, I would have DNF'd because I was bored. So the tension and the buildup that was happening for me took a little too long. She does know how to write the tension and build up, but it took too long. Because you're not as interested in the intrigue. So like, whereas I was like trying to figure out what was going on, you're like, they're not telling me anything. Because <laughs> like, she definitely breadcrumbs, like obviously like throughout until you figure out the whole thing at like, let's say two thirds of the way through or so. But I like that. So I wasn't bored because I was like, Ooh, what's happening? What's going to happen? Yeah. Well, I like their little grotto sex because I love a little grotto love sex. Grotto. Little waterfall grotto sex situation. Did did you like when he says like you can't touch any guy at the party and so she takes Alex out to the bedroom and starts making out and hooking up with that. Alex yes I also loved when she like he's fucking with her she's fucking with him and he thinks he's one and then she calls him Trevor yeah and he's like oh the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah, <I> get <laughs> that bullshit yeah. <laughs> oh Trevor she calls him Kai and then she calls him Trevor I was like, yeah. get him, Rika. I mean, I like that, you know, because it's just like, I just like that she was feisty yeah. with him. And I felt like she was giving as good as she got. Yeah. And a lot of times I don't feel like the girl's giving as good as she got. Yeah. They, they give in too easily. The authors make them give in too easily mm-hmm. or they're very much like, oh, oh. And I'm like, no, fight. Like, yeah. go down tumbling and scrappy, which is how I felt like when they revealed like what that. So when they, when she came to the house and all four of them were there and they're like basically telling her that they're essentially that she's going to be their sex slave. I kind of wanted there to be some sex slavery. for. I'm sure you (laughs) did. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, Shawnee's going to be mad that the four of them did not take advantage of her in better ways. At least one night, at least one night, I thought there was going to be a five sum. At some point in this book, I felt like Penelope promised it to me subconsciously and did not deliver it. (laughs) You know what I think is funny about that is that A, I knew you were going to want that. And B, a bunch of the reviews were like, why have sex with two of them? You may as well just have sex with all four. And I was just like, (laughs) and I'm like, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, she could have, I guess. (laughs) But I don't think you should be shaming this fictional character for having sex with two delicious dudes at once. I mean, I don't know what in the universe makes it wrong. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like nothing in the universe says Nothing in the universe. And also this is fictional land. Definitely nothing in fictional land makes it wrong. Makes it work. You know what I mean? In my mind, I'm like, that's one guy for each boob. 
Yeah. That's a guy to be eating you out, like, yeah. or making out with you and mm-hmm. fucking, like, it, yeah. or... One guy to kiss the back of your neck while the other one you, kisses the front of your neck. The front of your neck. Exactly. It's like, a dream. There's so many options Four here. hands. My dream That's is That's a lot of hands, Johnny. It's a lot of hands. That's eight hands. Ooh, eight. Bridget. Eight. How many people? <laughs> there's only four if there's two dudes. <laughs> No, no, I'm talking. I'm talking about if all four dudes. Were, oh, if you were, had four dudes. Oh, yeah, that's I'm a lot about of four hands. dudes. Eight hands, Bridget. I would lose my motherfucking you mind. You would. And I would tell you, I would not say no. I would not say no. I would say yes. It more, is. Please. I have only <laughs> had. To the left. I have only I'll had. To the right. <laughs> I've only had six hands, and I will say it was a lot of hands. <laughs> And you would lose your mind. I did. Repeatedly. One time. So you know how much I love, like, scratches. I love to be scratched. I love to get my head scratched. I love to be petted. It's, like, one of my top love languages. And one time I went... uh, So my family is very touchy. And all the women in my family are very touchy. We all like to be rubbed this way. And I always rub other people. So one day I wasn't feeling so good. And all my cousins were in a room, like, talking. And I just went and crawled between two of my older cousins. And both of them at the same time started rubbing different halves of me. Mm-hmm. One was rubbing my neck and my head and the other was scratching like my back and my top booty cheeks, you know. Mm-hmm. And I almost lost my shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is this magic? What is this? What is my name again? <laughs> Dude, that's like me when I get my hair cut. Is it misophonia? Is that is, or is that the one where you like the little noises? Or what's the one where you like the little noises? I think that's ASMR. When ASMR. You, like... It's like ASMR for me mixed with the touching of my neck and scalp. Oh, I forgot. I got to do this for you, Bridget. I'm so good at this. I can get you so close away. to orgasm during a haircut. <laughs> it's outrageous. Like if I actively tried mentally, like not physically touching myself, but if I actually mentally like focused on it, I think I could orgasm from a haircut. But I actively try to like not have an <laughs> orgasm while I'm getting my haircut. And it doesn't matter. It's like doesn't matter who's cutting my hair. doesn't matter where it is. It's like brush all my scalp, the scrape, the nails in my hair while they're washing it. The oh, Bridget, I'm gonna give this to you so good. I'm gonna do this for you before you leave. Snip sound, like it is a lot, and I love it. I love oh it. Oh my god, I keep forgetting because I remember you told me this back in the day, and I was like, no way, because yeah. this is literally like my gifted. I haven't the had I a real you. haircut, and like I've just been cutting my own hair. Okay. I haven't had a real next haircut. Time I, in months. Next time I see you. And the children are at daycare because you're going to be no good, okay? <laughs> Once I give you this head scratch, I will, okay? I will love Once, it. I have to ask a, a couple questions because I, I have to know how much pressure people like. Like, you can scratch my head so hard that it bleeds oh, and it Jesus. won't be hard enough. You know what I mean? Like, I have a I don't, very, I'm not I don't, tenderheaded. I don't think that that is me. <laughs> no, no. I don't want my that's hair That's not you. <laughs> that's like... And like my partner likes like that baby soft touch that's like so soft that you don't you're not hardly ever touching their skin type type. I think touch. I like I like a variation. Drive me I like a variation though because it's like I like the mystery. I like the different sensations. Okay, that's so why haircuts are good because sometimes they like pull your I hair scratch. taut and sometimes yeah. they're like lightly fluffing it. So, you know, I mean, like it's a it's a lot of different sensations. Well, that's the thing. You got to go between rubbing, massaging, scratching. You got to scratch the ears. You got to scratch the under chins, mm-hmm. you know, section. You take your hand in the hair and you pull it and get it like nice and tight or whatever. Like and you release it. Then you scratch it. Bridget, it's, it's better than like, oh, 
It's my gift. I almost thought about growing out my hair really long because I've always had like sh- essentially like shoulder length hair or chin length. I was like, maybe I should grow my hair out so I can have a nice ponytail so someone could just like hold on to it while I'm having sex with them. But I just like do not have the hair texture for that. And I wish that I did. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, I'm going to tell you that I gave Rika a five because I want to be her because she gets to have sex like a little banshee, which I enjoy. But also I like that she is... Yes, makes dumb decisions. And of course, like, I think it would have been nice to, like, challenge them earlier and be like, what are you talking about? But also, I think in general, like, she's a pretty bad ass. Like, she fights back. She, like, runs, like, even when she, at the beginning, she goes into the club and doesn't realize it's a gentleman's club. And he, like, throws her in the car. She, like, grabs her shit and runs out. And he has to chase her again. And then she ends up getting out another time and just walks home in the rain. And, like, yeah. I like that about her, that she isn't waiting for someone to save her. Which is kind of a part of the fact that when they were young, he was like, I'm not going to save you. Like, you can save yourself. Like, you're strong enough. Like, you need to figure out how to fix this. And, like, on one of the flashbacks... He, like, blindfolds her and then leaves her in the catacombs and, like, people are messing with her and she, like, fights back and, like, talks back. And then in another flashback, there's a boy and his girlfriend and they, like, slipped her a roofie and we're going to, like, rape her in a bedroom. And she's, like, luckily one of her friends, like, busted in and saved her. And so she, like, takes him into the bathroom of this restaurant and gets the soap dispenser and like smashes his girlfriend's face against the glass and then cuts him <laughs> deeply in the cheek with this soap dispenser. And then the guys like bust in and they're like, we'll take it from here. And then like beat the living shit out of him so that he'll never mess with her again. Those moments were a little too intriguy for me where like they took too long to come into the bathroom. And I was like, what? They did take a Y'all, long she time. told you what the plan was. Yeah. Y'all, they're not listening to her plan. Also, when he in the catacombs, when he's like, do you trust me? And then I was like, she had no reason to trust him because he didn't help her when other people were coming to grope her and do a thing. Like, it took him forever to come back. Well, he was there the whole time. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Oh, like, yeah. he was there, but it took him yeah. forever to, like, step into the situation. And I was like, why should she trust you? Like, this was a terrible lesson in trust. But also, <laughs> when he's, like, talking to her about how that girl is getting fucked, and he's, like, and everyone's, like, watching because they can see her and taste her and blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, to be owned like that. And I was like... You trying to make this girl O-Face right now? <laughs> oh, shit. She can't hear. She can't see shit. He's the blindfold on. I was like, ooh. And then later he, like, takes her back to the catacombs and, like, makes her wear her school outfit to, like, reenact it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hells yes. <laughs> I also think it, like, it helped really to know early on, like, that they're both on the same page of the fact that she has a fear kink. Yes. Right? And so when he was doing stuff, you could really put things in that space especially later once he figured it out he was like because even in the shower when they're or in the steam room when they're fucking she's like almost at orgasm but can't get there and then he's like no matter what you fucking do no one's gonna come for you even if you scream and then she like immediately orgasms because he like taps into that and i was like yeah yeah i liked that i also feel like perhaps if i had not read all the other books i would have given her a four but like she continues to be a badass bitch so i gave her a five I don't think it's fair that you read all the books and then give a cumulative rating, Bridget. Okay. But I know that you can't separate. Once you read more books, you can't. It's hard to separate a character. Also, but I did reread because I read those in December. I did reread and it is March and I gave her a five. I liked her a lot. I thought she was great. First of all, especially 
in dark romance so far. I definitely, she's for sure my favorite heroine that we've read. And in general, like, I just liked her. I thought she was hot. I thought she was, like, demanding of him, like, what she wanted, even when he was being crazy. <laughs> like, she told yeah. him, like, especially when she, like, said, I love you, like, and didn't back down and say, like, oh, just kidding. Like, she was like, no, like, do what you want. But, like, I love you and you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with that. So yeah. I liked that about her. I liked that she was afraid, but not fearful. So I agree with you in the fact that I just thought she was plucky and, and I enjoyed that about her. I like, but like, what's the fun in dark romance if there's no fight? You know, like, I agree. I think the fight is what makes the, the menacing and the, all the things like really hit. Yeah. And in the other books, I felt like there was no fight, yeah. especially like a uh, perfection. I felt like I was like, what? Yeah. You, we're not going to try to get out of this. Like, what's right. So I really enjoyed that about her. I can't tell if I liked her so much because I'm comparing it to the books that we read before mm -hmm. or that I just really liked her. Mm -hmm. But in Dark Romance, this is, has been my favorite book Yeah, in the season. And she's definitely been my favorite heroine. Yeah. And Michael, I felt like had the best, I guess the best build up for me. The, he was the most like fleshed out where I really felt, mm -hmm. where I felt connected to him mm -hmm. and the sex scenes were hot. And I didn't feel like I just wanted to skim the sex yeah. scenes. There was parts of the book where I did really want to skim. I'm not going to lie. But the sex scenes I felt like were earned. Yeah. And I was like, when they came, I was in it. Yeah. Besides the menage where I was like, wait, what's <laughs> happening? Forget it. Let's just go with it. But, like, I did feel like they were earned. So I was like, kudos to Penelope Douglas. Like, this is a hard genre to write. Yeah, it is. What did you think about Michael? Michael, I gave a three. Okay. Because I thought he was a good lover uh -huh. and shit. And I liked the dirty talk and the nasty and all that stuff. However, he just had some fuckboy moments that annoyed the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. He was actually at a two until he fucking stomped Trevor into the pool and drowned him. <laughs> then he made it to a three. Because it's like, only the best for my baby. You know, yeah. I love that kind of shit. She's going to be mad just, at me, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and I like the commitment to ruthlessness. Yeah. You know, like, in that moment, I was, it was Yeah, like, he didn't have a heart of gold like all these other boys. Been, he did not, have, he did a, not exactly. have a heart of gold. He was like, no, yeah. I'm going to handle this. Yeah. I'm going to kill my own brother. <laughs> yes. Right now. I just love that his heart of gold in this moment was to murder his brother and then bring the body back to his mother. Yes. That was his heart of that gold. That was his He's heart of gold. Loves that mama. Loves that mom. Let her bury a body. Yes. You know what I mean? And I was like, absolutely. That's a good boy. That's a good boy. That's a good boy right there. So it was hard for me to give him higher than that. But I thought he was a solid character. Really, I really did. And and I do really commend these authors. I mean, I know, I know I've been ripping some of them new ones, but dark romance is hard. I feel like there's a lot of balancing that you're doing mm -hmm. and not everybody is good at it or, you know. I gave him a four because basically of all the reasons that you said, he's not my favorite hero of all time but i did like him the thing i like the most is what i said earlier is that he sees her and he pushes her to like own who she is and her desires and what she wants out of life and out of relationships and whatever obviously he's a dark romance lead so he does some terrible things which was like to be expected so i'm not gonna like lose a point for the fact that he does terrible things because that would defeat the purpose of this genre I will say that he lost a point for me, though, because he didn't tell her that he loved her until after she almost dies. And I was like, go fuck yourself. You love her already. <laughs> and Kai had to be like, my dude, you love her. Just I know. Yeah. You love her. Guys on the team, like, just tell her you love her. Oh, what's so wrong that this beautiful, wonderful girl loves you? You love her, you <laughs> idiot. You love her your whole life. 
Oh, so funny. Oh. Now I'm gonna have sex with her so that you really know you love her. <laughs> <laughs> and then he even says to her it, while they're fucking, like, you are the perfect woman. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you love her, you moron. So anyway, so he lost a point for me because I was like, that's some just straight up dumbness. You need to get your pab ass. <laughs> yeah, that's a pab ass. Move. You need to get your mind right, son. Get your mind right. But aside from that, I thought he was. I thought he was good. I, re- I like. I liked him. You know what I mean? I didn't love him. Not gonna like ride or die. He's my favorite book boyfriend ever. But I did really like him, and I thought he delivered very well on the menace. I thought he delivered very well on the, like you said, the ruthlessness and the willingness to go further. I thought he delivered very well on like the machinations behind the scene of like playing his dad and like kind of ruling their little group and kind of I thought he delivered well on all of those things. And like I was excited after I read this book, like I said, I read the whole series like right away, but I was excited even reading this again. I was like, oh, I got to go back and read the rest because as a, I will say that each book is like this one where it can be, I don't think the rest of them could be read as standalones if you don't read this book, frankly, but they all do have complete HEA. So each one is about one book, about one couple, and the rest of the couples, though, obviously they're all like very intertwined friendships. So the rest of the couples are in all the books, but they're the side plots Versus the series, which I think a different author, again, could have very easily made Rika and Michael the main characters of all five books, then had them like break up and make up and break up and make up and like bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But I I was very, very happy that this book completely wraps their HEA. So in the rest of the books, I mean, like all couples, like they they like have, you know, disagreements about like what they all should do about certain crazy shit that's happening. But they are always together and the next book is really about those next characters in the next story i also want to say that she does an excellent job in future books of weaving the same way of like the present day and then flashing back to when the two characters met it's like a consistent thing throughout the books and i I think it works like as well as it did in this book well it helps to not front load a book I think also because I've been so annoyed with the front loading of a lot of the books we've mm-hmm. been reading yeah, that I was way more willing to accept this flashback like yeah. kind of thing because I was like, look, as long as the story, I feel like the story can be moving forward yeah. while I'm learning yeah. some of this stuff, like, like great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun too in the next books because they flash back. So you see events from the perspective of different characters So they'll flash back to an event that happened and you saw Rika and Michael's perspective, but now you'll flash back to that same event or that same night or same thing, but you'll be now in Kai's perspective, which is a really fun, like, to see, like, the way that everyone remembers events differently and also, like, what they're focusing on. Everyone was focusing on different things and different people. Like, Michael was so wrapped up in Rika and vice versa. But the other guys were like looking at and thinking about and doing different things. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Let's see. McDreamy. Where are we at? McDreamy to McSteamy. What do we got? Oh, (laughs) I call them a Mick too little too late. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't like that he let her get groped and that he let his friends kind of manhandle her and shit. Mm -hmm. I was like, that was not my favorite part of Mm. the book. Yeah. Like, are you talking about when they were at the house? 
Yeah. 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 When they're at the house. Yeah, they go so far. Like she has to stab David. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, she had to stab him. I was just like, but also like, and he even said, he's like, I wouldn't have let them do that. She's like, fuck you. Let them go far enough. You asshole. And also, how was she supposed to know how far he was going to like what his intentions were? Oh, you know, he didn't even know his intentions until that moment. He didn't even know. No. That was, I agree. I would have been mad at him. I would have been like, you're an epic douchebag for that. That was hard for me. Unless the guy is fully committed to being a sociopath, like, I can go on that ride, right? Where they let anything happen to the character, but then that's part of the character. But you can't give me this back and forth heart of gold and then let something like that happen. And especially, it's the same thing with whatever that other book was. I think it was was a Tears for Tess, Mm -hmm. where, like, the other mob boss henchman guy. Oh yeah, he like, like got her on his watch. Yeah, like I don't like that. Yeah, you know, and that um, one was horrible. I mean, this one at least, uh, like in that book, I was mad too because I'm like, you don't even care about this dude. He's not like he like he's a, all of it. You know, he's a horrible person. And then in this book, I could see the war between his love of his best friends and his love of her. So like his hesitation behind hey, we've been planning this for three years and his realization that, like, I don't think I can let this happen. So, like, it takes him a minute to, like, get with the program. But, yeah, I totally agree. Dick move. I said that he was a Mick Chase me because, you know, he liked to, you know. (laughs) You know what? There's an element to this book that I'm just now realizing is probably why I like it a little bit better. And it's that both of them have something in common, right? So in the other books, I'm like, why is this couple together? Like, it ain't me, babe. Yeah. Why are they together? We, we haven't talked about, like, do they like to do the same things? They right. like movies. Right. Do they like, there's nothing that to me that makes it them compatible as a couple other than sex. Right. Right. And in this book, it's like two kids who grew up with the same kind of family structure. You know, it's like me trying to marry somebody who came from no- Long Island And, you know, like, our families would not mesh. Mm. Like, for them, they came from the same place. They grew up together, so they inherently, you feel like they have a connection already. You know, their families get together for the holidays, and they can vibe. You know, they speak the same language. Plus, he, like, gets turned on by scaring her, and she gets turned on by him scaring her. (laughs) Exactly. And he's always trying to see her, like you were talking about before. Like, he gets her, trying to look at the inside of her. So I felt like they had common ground to be a couple. Yes. Where in a lot of these other books, it just felt more like Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. And yeah, like she like, loved him oh, before. I, I'm, vi- I'm vibing. <laughs> yes, like she loved him before he did anything bad to her, and she loved him through him doing bad things. You know what I mean? Like she, like it wasn't like they started doing bad things and then she like lost her way. It's like she has always wanted and obsessed about him. What were your favorite lines of this book? I had, as you are probably aware, a few, but you can go first. Okay, well, <laughs> this is the one, one I picked. There were a couple, but I felt like this one was about the threesome. Okay. So Kai says to her, I'm so sorry, Rika. We should have made Michael confront you all those years ago. Your house, Jesus Christ. <laughs> as if just now he's realizing the full measure of what they've done. <laughs> well, that's one apology, I guess. <laughs> and i was like like this is the apology before they have their little threesome situation or whatever and i was just like what a big idiot he's like your house i'm like what a doofus like what (laughs) you know they were in prison shawnee and and there's a line in the book it was a quote that i couldn't find when like going back to find it like i usually mark my quotes but for some reason i can't find this one she she was having this like inner monologue about 
I can't believe they would do something like this. I can't believe they'd burn down my house. I can't believe. And I was like, you went and watched them burn down other people's shit. You did all of these same things that they're fucking around. Like you watched them be terrible to other people. You did not think they had the capability of being terrible to you. Like, I don't know. There was a disconnect for me in that. She's like, how could they burn my house down? I was like, yeah, bitch, you saw them do this before. (laughs) Why Uh are we acting shocked right now? But anyway, I felt like this kind of summed up a little bit of what I was feeling in the book, which was like, like what? <laughs> like, okay, and now we're going to have this threesome. But... I also feel like that's dark romance, though. Like, this book, at least I felt like everything fit. Like, as crazy as it was, I felt like it all fit. But I feel like, in general, like, all these books have crazy things. And I'm like, what is happening? But almost like... That's dark romance. I think this book did the best job of helping me understand what it is about dark romance that can be really hot and intriguing and sexy and gritty and whatever. Um, So I actually really, I enjoyed this book. Now, that's not to say that there weren't things in this book that I thought were just and ludicrous. And also the second half of the book got really, really messy for me. And again, the intrigue. Yeah, don't you, like don't to like, be intrigued. you don't like to be intrigued. Yeah. So again, this I'm trying not to judge it on that because that you know that's just not my cup of tea. But I did feel like a whole lot started happening at the end, and I was throwing a whole lot of things. Yes. But I was happy that they wrapped up and that they didn't linger. I do well. I did. I was happy that they immediately when she said, "Hey, that's not how things happen." That it was believed and they moved on from there. Yeah. Because if they had have let that linger, I would have hated this book. I would yeah. have said this fuck, yeah. fucking at, like, yeah. you're trying to get me to read more Kindle pages. Yeah. So that's why I think it didn't lose points for me. I was like, when the people noticed things, they dealt with it, they moved on. Right. My favorite line was, they were having sex or about to have sex. And she says, <laughs> they all thought I was a good girl, Michael. I dragged his lobe through my teeth. But there's so many bad things I want to do do dirty things to me. And I was like, oh, girl, you tell him. He's going to lose his mind when he hears you say that. <laughs> he going to do him. <laughs> but I liked it because I felt like it kind of exemplified the fact that everyone was trying to put her in this good girl box and like groom her for this life of like being Trevor's wife and putting a baby in him and like giving away her fortune to them and all this other stuff. But really like she, like he was saying, like, I saw the fire in her for like that she wanted more and like there was more in her and she always felt like that too. Like, like, but I want to do bad things, but I want to take ownership of my sexuality and my life. And they did do dirty things and I enjoyed it. <laughs> did you have a favorite review? I did. I didn't agree with the amount of stars that Jilly gave it, but I did agree with some of what she said. So she said, this book doesn't exactly know what it wants to be. There is the new adult component where we get sex scenes with college kids. There is the romance angle where the girl loves the jerky guy forever and he's always pushing her away, but he really loves her and they have their little HEA. And then we have the thriller mindfuck of revenge, murder, rape, etc. And oh, don't forget to add in the Fifty Shades of Grey crapola. (laughs) I gotta have us some kinky fuckery. I don't think it all fit together that well. I think it would have been better if it were more focused. It felt messy. I don't like messy books. <laughs> so this is from Jilly. I didn't give it two stars like she did. But in general, I like this review. Most of them, people either raved or hated it. Yeah. Like this is a lover, love it or hate it type of book. I actually did like this messy book. I don't generally like messy books, but I did like this messy book. However, I did wish that it 
had a bit more of a focus mm. and a tighter, a slightly tighter edit. Mm. Mine was from Nicoletta E., Addicted to Books, and she <laughs> gave it four and a half little monster stars for these corrupted people, which I thought was funny. She said, wow, just wow. This book was confusing as hell, at least at the beginning, but it kept you on edge at all times. Excitement, angst, fear, hot scenes, not so hot scenes, crazy actions. I got caught in the middle of all the emotions and I couldn't do anything else but love it. It was intoxicating. And I feel like the same. Like there's just like a lot going on. It was a little confusing at times, but I was always in it. Like I felt like her writing style, like even when I was like, what is happening? I was like the pacing, like it was working for me. Like this definitely Penelope's writing style was something that I was like, I wanted to read more. I wanted to keep going. And so for me, that is always a good sign. I kind of feel like for me, the pacing, I kept finding that I would get to a point in the book where I was uninterested. Mm -hmm. And quite shortly after that, something would happen that would make me interested again. Mm -hmm. But I kept getting to a bored place. And that's like Mm -hmm. that kept happening. So I will say, though, that she's good at grabbing your attention back. You're like, wait, what's happening? Okay, who's what? Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, so it was. An, I would read more of Penelope Douglas. I would like to see, especially because this is, book was written five years ago. I'm like, what is she written today? Like, what's on her docket? How much better is she? And how much better is her editor? She's written a ton of books. I feel like you can only when you write a ton of books, you can only get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would say she's. I mean, I haven't looked to see like who the most popular dark romance authors are, but she's definitely recommended to us the most. And in terms of like her following, if that counts, like she's, you know, been on the bestseller lists of all of the New York Times, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, she's written oh, 25 okay, books let me or just, something like that, including let me just, I just went on, I just went on Audible real quick. Let me just read you this one, like this is the most recent book. There's a whole synopsis, but the one line that it says when you click over it, it says, there's three of them, one of her and a remote cabin in the woods. Let the hot winter nights ensue. And I'm like, yes, I will add to cart. Add to... Add it what to book is that? The Cardiff. Credence. Oh. Oh, yeah. And it's got three... Narr- it's got four narrators on it. And I was just like, mm-hmm. Yes, let's see where we're going with this. Wish list. So what do we... Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah, that's one of her newer books. Okay. Yeah. It is 16 hours, so almost 17 hours. Yeah, her books are pretty long. Yeah, I mean, like, to put this in perspective, one of her books on Goodreads has 105,000 ratings. Wow. And a lot of them are in, like, the 40,000s, 30,000s, 50,000s, 25,000s. Well, people like this bully stuff. It hits, uh, yeah. you know. I want to know what all the kinks are that it hits for people when they're reading. Well, I think, interesting. Okay, let's just do this one to like start the powerlessness. So the, I think the, like, you have to do it, that one. I think the like that like fire of like hating someone so much that you just like want to fuck them. Maybe like a shame one, like you're ashamed that you like someone who's like mean to you or something like that. Yeah. I think there's also an element of like being powerless or like the force element. Right, the forced like, element what you're for sure. About. Mm-hmm. What else? Maybe the like they well, I guess it's kind of the forced element too, but I was gonna say like you can be your like quote unquote like true self. Because they're so bad that you can, like, feel free to, like, tell them your deepest, darkest desires kind of thing. Because, like, they're a bad dude. So you're never going to be you're never going to be worse than them. So it's okay if you want him to, like, handcuff you and spank you because he's terrible kind of thing. I want to know. So, uh, dear listeners, 
if you uh, want to share with us what kink dark romance hits for you, especially bully romance, we want to know. DM us. Hit us up on Instagram. Please let us know because I'm so curious. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll make a graphic. What kink does bully romance hit for you? (laughs) Yes. I would would really love, I'd really love that because I'm I'm so curious. I mean, I know what like kinks this book hits for me or in general, dark romance hits, but specifically bully romance, because I find that it's less of my cup of tea. Yeah. The bully ones. Yeah. Because I don't care for the teenagers, the young angst of a book. So, yeah, I want to know. Yeah, let's, let's do uh, it. Tell me a little, tell us your kinks. I will say that. Whisper it in our ear. We should do one of those questions that people can answer. Yeah. Like, oh, and like send us audio you know, clips? On like, yeah, no, like on stories where you can like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people can oh, yeah. directly message yeah. in. So that, yeah, because it'd be cool. Can, we can keep it anonymous. Yes. So be on the lookout for that on Instagram. We will post a graphic and a question sticker in case you want to keep it anonymous. And we will talk to you then. So it's been a great episode, Bridget. It has. So let's wrap the people up. Oh, wait. We didn't even say what we liked. I gave it five stars. How many stars did you give out of five? So it's hard. I was between three and four. Yes. However, I think I'm going to give this book... Four stars. <laughs> I was just guessing. <laughs> I like the dramatic Bridget pause that you just did, though. <laughs> I know, because I, my brain is still deciding. I didn't even write it on my sheet because I was still Shani, you have to write it how on I your felt. Sheet. <laughs> I didn't know how I felt, yes, Bridget. I really me. had to sit with it, tell you me. know, and pray about it. Okay. I'm going to give it four stars. Four stars from Shawnee Nani. Yes. <laughs> and I think what's going to, what pushes it to a four, because mm-hmm. three stars, it's a solid book. Okay. However, the books that we've been reading previously yes. have just not been up to the par that I would like. Yes. And Penelope brought something yes, extra. Yes, she did. So I'm just going to give her the I extra star. I love it. Love it so much. Because she did it good for me she and she good. put a menage in there. And I just feel like, how can I not give her four stars when she gave me a good menage? I mean, come on. I mean, come on. You know what I'm saying? Shani, I, like a I and a good menage, baby. I will tell you that there is a scene later in the series where there are two people yeah. hooking up on a couch. Ooh, say it to me slow. Two of the women, I won't tell you which ones, two of the women of the series hooking up on a couch. And the other couples are in various positions like, one is sitting on the lap of the other, like of her partner. The other one is sort of like leaned over like a high bar and the guy's behind her. And they're all watching oh. these two hook up. Penelope it nasty. is hot as sin. It's very hot. She's my kind of nasty. She's my kind of nasty. There's another scene I'll tell you about where... Are we interviewing her? Because we need to talk to Penelope. I, guys, <laughs> slide into this lady's DMs, please, for us. Because I have emailed and I have Instagrammed and I have not heard back yet. So I'm holding out hope. I'm hoping because I would love to interview her. First of all, because she's super interesting. And also she's very like passionate about the genre and very knowledgeable about it, which I think would be interesting for everyone to hear about. And I've read, she actually puts reviews on other people's books on Goodreads. And I've read a couple of her reviews and she's like, awesome about talking about why like people shouldn't be giving one star reviews. If this isn't your genre, like, it doesn't make it a bad book. It just means you don't like it. Like, you shouldn't read these books, you know? And yeah. <laughs> that is something that I firmly believe. That if dark romance is not for you, stop reading it. Or any genre. Or stop any author. Stop reading it. <laughs> stop reading it and just move on and just accept it's not for you. Don't give it a bad review 
just because you don't like sex that has three people in it. That's just stop reading books that have three people that have sex. Like, yeah, that's the solution. Well, it, to me, it's like people f- are like playing God, right? You So you think you're on a website and you're just hitting stars and whatever. And like when like back in the day, a long time ago, I used to drive for Uber. Right. And people might not like something very minuscule about your car. And so they'll give you two stars or three stars or whatever. And that's someone's livelihood that you are actually starring right there. So if their rating goes down, they don't get picked that much. They they lose out. And same thing with authors. If this is not your book, just because you read it doesn't mean you need to rate it. Okay. If it's not in a genre you like, just let that shit go. Just chalk it up to the game and move on. But if you enjoy it and if it is your new genre, then I think you're fully within your rights to go rate that book. But it does. Or you shouldn't rate it one star for what it is. Yeah. So if you're writing it one star because it is a book about bully romance and they are mean to each other and that's why you gave it one star, that's not fair. If you read it and it's not your genre and you gave it one star because you didn't like you thought the writing wasn't good. You thought the story sucked like within that genre. Like, sure, maybe it's not your favorite, but you still like that, I think, is different. But like you can't rate a book about menages one star because there's menages in it. (laughs) Like you can't rate a dark romance one star because it's a dark romance like that, I think, is bullshit. Well, I mean, this book was not advertised as a menage. I didn't see the menage. No, I agree. I said menage only because I read one review that that literally gave it two stars because she had sex with two characters. I saw that. I saw and that I was one. Like, and I was like, that review would have made me buy the totally. book. Totally. I would have been like, like what? She has sex with two people? Okay, tell me more. Which ones? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I would really love to talk to her because I'm so intrigued and I want to know more. Like, especially from the author's perspective, what makes you write these books of what makes you tick so much juiciness but we'll just have to catch you next time when we're reading pestilence which i am thrilled about so until then may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend yeah yeah yowza Yowza. pestilence that's another four horsemen right there let me tell you Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.